0: the blind, Andrew John, inside for Elba, Elba will score, Elba will score, Newcastle have won! G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. We're going to have a look today at the Kangaroos squad from the year 2000, the World Cup for 2000, uh, a cracking squad. And I always remember this team just being unbelievable. And I thought I would go through the, I think it's 25 players that have been named in this squad. I've got the list in front of me. I don't have the exact number. I'm ballpark, barking about 20, 25 players. Just going to go through and read uh, these names in this squad. And just, just remind you quickly about each of these guys. Cause I thought it was incredibly impressive. And I found myself earlier today reading through this list and I got about four or five in. And I just had so many memories and so many great players, you know, coming back to me that I thought, fuck, I'll jump behind the microphone and talk about these live. So I haven't had a look through the entire squad. I think I could name most of it, probably off the top of my head, to be honest with you, uh, if I was forced to. uh, But always good to go back and have a look at this sort of stuff. So the first name on the list is the great Brad Fittler. He was the skipper in the year 2000. So he's at the top of the list. We've spoken about Freddie, uh, an absolute stack on the podcast over the years. Uh, Freddie, obviously, a stack of games for the Kangaroos. I think the most capped player for the New South Wales Blues. Uh, premierships with Penrith and with the Sydney Roosters, one of the best players of all time. I personally think he has to shit in as an immortal. I think that there's a couple of guys, there's one guy in this squad that is an immortal, and there's a couple of other guys that I think desperately need to be immortals, and Freddie, he is definitely one of them. So he was a skipper of this side. One of a couple of 5'8s that they had in this team. Another 5'8 that they had was the great Trent Barrett, back in his days of the St. George Illawarra Dragons, We obviously know later in his career, he went over to the Super League. He played for the Cronulla Sharks as well. For me, though, whenever I think Trent Barrett, I think about him at the St. George Illawarra Dragon. Such a big body 5'8". Granted, he never won a premiership, and you know he played state of origin, but he probably never dominated as much as what we anticipated Trent Barrett would, but fuck, he was a good player, and he's one of many 5'8s in this squad. He was pretty young at this point as well. I would say he's 20, 21 years old. I think he played his first couple of seasons with the Steelers, and then when they merged together, uh, Trent Barrett, he was the 5'8 for the St. George Illawarra Dragons. The year before this, the year before 2000, he of course uh, took the St. George Illawarra Dragons all the way to the grand final, uh, losing that one to the Melbourne Storm, of course. A pretty tough one to swallow there, tough pill to swallow. Uh, we all know how that game played out, obviously. Just unbelievable scenes. Um, <laughs> crazy how, how that game finished. Uh, the next name is Darren Britt from the Canterbury Bulldogs. Darren Britt, probably one of the more underrated guys in this squad. Playing Played almost 300 first-grade games across uh, the NRL and in the Super League. Started with the Western Bulldogs, but really made his name... Sorry, the Western Suburbs Magpies, but really made his name at the Canterbury Bulldogs. Played from 1994 to 2001 there, and then went over to represent St. Helens over there in the Super League. But tough as nails, Darren Britt, I believe... He's from Orange, Darren Britt. So pretty tough stock they produce out there. Uh, just an absolute toiler in this team. Our next one is Jason Croker. Now, I have spoken about Jason Croker, an absolute stack on this podcast. He played 318 games to the Canberra Raiders and then made his way over to the Super League of the Catalan Dragons. So altogether, he played 381st grade games across the NRL and the Super League. From 1991 Until 2009, unbelievable stuff, Jason Croker, an absolute freak. I've spoken about him quite a bit. I think he's the most versatile guy we've probably ever seen. If you go and have a look at the positions, actually, I'm going to get it up for you because this will blow your mind how many positions and stuff Jason Kroger played. He essentially played every single position at some point uh, in first grade, which is unbelievable to think about. And then when you see his body shape and everything, obviously it changed over time, but just incredible. So if you have a look through, just in the NRL, this is just in the NRL, he played one game at fullback, 45 games on the wing, 57 games at centre, 58 at 5'8", one in the front row, uh 100 games in the second row, 111 at lock, and he came off the bench on 20 occasions. The only position he did not play was, of course, Hooker. Have we got halfback there? We don't have halfback. He had 5'8". They obviously played 58 games of 5'8". So, Hooker and halfback, the only two positions that he didn't literally start games uh, for in the NRL. Unbelievable stuff. Just, it it is mind-boggling how many different spots this guy played. An absolute freak, I've always said. I think he's the most versatile player we have ever seen. Jason Croker played for a long time, was a champion for a long time. The next one is a name you will all know without a doubt. Brian Fletcher. Uh, from the Matty Johns show, now that you guys are used to, obviously Brian Fletcher, I think we forget how much of a good player Fletcher was because he is so funny now. We enjoy his his, his comedy and everything. But, he, God, he was a fucking good player, Brian Fletcher. He was incredible, a great back row. Obviously won the comp with the Roosters in 2002. It was only a couple of years before that, Arthur Beetson was asking him to come and play for the Chooks, and he was saying, nah, I'm good. I'd rather go and work and dig holes and whatnot. A bit a, a bit of a different cap. But once he managed to get into first grade, that was after all the stories, of course, of him tackling Rocky the Rooster and Gus Gould you know welcome him back to training despite being told that he was not allowed to be there just a crazy way that his career started two years later he wins a World Cup for the kangaroos Brian Fletcher a very very talented footballer our next one is Matt Gidley. Another one that I would 100% put in the underrated category. Uh, I think he's one of the best centers we have ever seen. I will never, ever see someone flick out of their right hand to a winger and not think Matt Gidley. The Matt Gidley flick, it became his trademark in rugby league. Him and Tamana Tahu, they were incredible on that edge. Unbelievable, those two. So Matt Gidley, one of the best centers we have ever seen. Defensively sold, but in attack. Shimmy, shimmy with a right hand flick around the back. Early ball, whatever it was, Matt Gidley, he was the absolute absolute king of it. Room service delivery every single time. The next name on the list, another fantastic center, I think another underrated center, Ryan Girdler. Uh, Ryan Girdler obviously played for the Steelers ended up at the Penrith Panthers that's where he won that competition in 2003 I believe he got injured in the back end of that game so he actually finished the game on the sideline but Girdler a sensational player the intercept king they used to call him he could just read it like very few a great goal kicker as well I believe there's one state of origin I think he scores the fastest try in origin history or something he scores a try within about 60 seconds 40 seconds or something unbelievable uh, but there's also a game and it might be that same game actually I think he scores. About 30 points or something in a State of Origin game. I think he scores three or four tries and kicks a handful of goals. Uh, Incredible player, uh, Ryan Gerther, an absolute champion. One of his 2003 teammates also toured with him three years earlier. Craig Gower from the Penrith Panthers. One of the well, one of the toughest blokes I think has ever played our game, right? Uh, Craig Gower. Incredible stuff. Some of the injuries and stuff he played through. He's obviously a bit of a larrikin off the field. If, you, if you've if you got a spare couple of minutes, go and read his uh, Wikipedia page. You are in for an absolute fucking treat there. If you've never heard that story, it might be the most rugby league afternoon of all time. Made his mistakes, Craig Gower, but good God he could play. A very, very talented footballer. Toughest nails. Could play hooker or halfback. Obviously better at halfback. Probably back in these days, he was still playing a bit of both. But he'd go on to captain the Penrith Panthers in the 2003 grand final. Sensational player, Craig Gower. Our next man. I was going to say he's been on the podcast which he has but so has Craig Gower to be fair we had Gowie on last year but we also had Scott Hill on last year Uh, another underrated guy obviously played for a number of clubs uh, played for the Melbourne Storm for quite a bit before that I think he started at Canterbury originally might have made his debut at Canterbury from from memory I think he said Uh, then he made his way up to Newcastle he played for the Hunter Mariners once they fell through him and another teammate in this side which we'll talk about soon went down to the Melbourne Storm had an incredible career unfortunately left to go England at the end of the 2006 season, which of course the Melbourne Storm lost the Grand Final that year and then went on this incredible run of Grand Finals. But Scott Hill, he was a big part of building the Melbourne Storm as a franchise, and he was one of the very first guys that, that they signed. Obviously a 5-A, but can also play in the lock forward role. move to uh, the 13 jersey for the Melbourne Storm because... I can't actually remember the young bloke's name. There was a very highly touted 5'8", down at the Melbourne Storm, Polynesian fella. Uh, I can't remember his name, though. You guys will be able to help me out. He was meant to be a star. He didn't quite kick on. He was still very good. uh, But they moved uh, Scott Hill to the lock forward role that season to accommodate him. And, of course, it ended up being the best move possible for him. He went on to play for the Kangaroos very soon after. So, Scott Hill, champion player, champion bloke. I think he's still coaching up there at Redcliffe, at the Redcliffe Dolphins, the um, Queensland Cup side not the first grade side. Our next man is Brian Fletcher's partner in crime nowadays, Nathan Hindmarsh. Hindy, uh, obviously a year later he'd play in his first grand final for the Parramatta Eels in 2001 during that incredible season. They would of course lose that one but he was very young in on this tour. Very, very young, Hindy. When you think about how much longer he played for, incredible stuff. An unbelievable career from Nathan Hindmarsh, in my opinion. Probably one of uh, the greatest defensive players we've ever seen. Everyone gives him a, a lot of shit for the flop and all that. But fuck he used to get through a lot of work. He was also very deceptively quick, Hindmarsh. We forget how much of a good line that he used to run. A brilliant clubman. Uh, all you ever wanted to do was win, Hindy, so credit to him. Our next guy, you've probably heard of him, an immortal of our game, Andrew Joey Johns. Uh, unreal to have Joey and Brad Fittler in the same camp uh, for a Kangaroos tour. It would have been great on the field, but off the field, it would have been sensational. Probably not much we need to say about the great Joey Johns. We've spoken about him a lot on the podcast over the last few years. Champion player, an immortal of our game forever will be, uh, you know, arguably the best we've ever seen. I think for me, it's between him and Cameron Smith. Uh, that's an argument for another day. That might be one for me and Matty uh, when we get into our new show, The Off Season, which is premiering tonight on YouTube, 7 p.m. So Wednesday, 7 p.m. on Rugby League Guru uh, YouTube channel. Go and have a look at it. Our next man is Robbie Kearns. Robbie Kearns from the Melbourne Storm. I think he started at the Magpies, moved down to the Melbourne Storm. Probably most known for um, his state of origin camp Theatrics when uh, they decided to do something a little bit different for their bonding session, they went and got on a couple of horses up at the Blue Mountains, I believe. Robbie Kearns, of course, came off the horse and I think he broke his collarbone, which ruled him out of the State of Origin series. I think it was Wayne Pearce when he was the coach. Some pretty wild times there. But Robbie Kearns, a champion player, captain the Melbourne Storm for a very long time. He was also the guy that unfortunately it wasn't during this. Uh, it wasn't during this World Cup. It was a little bit later down the track. I reckon two or three years later, uh, he of course got coat hanged by. A- Adrian Morley in the fastest send-off in rugby league history. Incredible stuff. Our next man is Ben Kennedy. Uh, started off at the Canberra Raiders, moved to the Newcastle Knights, had an incredibly successful stint there. Played for New South Wales, placed to the Kangaroos, won the 2001 Premiership. I often think he was unlucky not to get the Clive Churchill medal in 2001. I think Joey deserved it as well. It could have gone to either of them. I would have been happy to see either of those two guys get it, but I think Ben Kennedy, probably a little bit unlucky in that game because I thought he played so fucking well. Very, very impressive. Uh, but then, of course, he signed with the Manly Seagulls. I think it was for season 04 and 05, uh, and he went there, and they reckon that he just turned the club on its head. He changed everything about the Manly Seagulls, and he he cre- he, he set uh, a DNA there that would go on to lead to a heap of success. He didn't get to feature in any of those premierships they won over the next few years, but they reckon he took Chuck Watmo, Glenn Stewart, all these sort of guys under his wing over those couple of seasons and really set them up for success. So I think it's the Greatest credit to Ben Kennedy, um, how much he meant to the Manly Seagulls, despite being there for such a small period of time. I think the Seagulls named their best team of fifty years a couple of years ago, and they included Ben Kennedy in it. So that says all you need to know about BK. He only played two seasons there. They weren't incredibly successful seasons, but they set up that entire franchise for a lot of success to come. Uh, from one BK Ben Kennedy to the next, Brett Kamali, who was the other partner of Scott Hill, who came down from the Hunter Mariners, I believe. Uh, Uh, and made their way to the Melbourne Storm. Of course, the Clive Churchill medal winner in 1999, the year before this, uh, when the Melbourne Storm won the premiership there. And Brett Kamali, he was incredible. Champion player Brett Kamali played for a number of clubs, obviously Cronulla. Melbourne Storm, Hunter Mariners, Canterbury Bulldogs. Played at a heap of clubs. I'll probably always remember him as the Melbourne Storm halfback and probably the Sharkies halfback as well. Obviously played the back end of his career at Canterbury, which a lot of you would remember. He's now over at the West Tigers. I think he's coaching their NRLW next year after being a caretaker coach this year. But Brett for there was a period of time there where he moved Andrew Johns to hooker. That's how good BK was. So one not to be slept on. One of my favorite players ever. Uh, He's obviously remembered for the intercept in State of Origin that Matty Bowen took with Which is a bit harsh, considering 300 games and whatnot. What he achieved, Clive Churchill medalist, you know, kangaroos pushed Joey to hooker. Uh, Incredible career from Breckhamore. Unfortunately, most people remember him for that one moment, but. Please don't ever get sucked into the idea that Brett Camorley was a bad player. He was a fucking incredible Brett Komali. Our next one is another handy player, and I mentioned when I was talking about Brad Fitler. There's a couple of guys on this list that should be immortals. Freddie is one of them, and this guy is another one. Darren Lockyer uh, from the Brisbane Broncos. It's funny. I've got a little. Uh, I've got a painting up on the wall that a follower did for me. It's a picture of uh, Freddie, Joey, and Locky, sort of with their arms around each other, and you can see the back of their jerseys: the six, seven, and the six. Uh, this, of course, was before Darren Lockyer actually. Moved into the 5'8 jersey. He was still a fullback at this time. We just mentioned Brett Kamali. He won the Clive Churchill in 99. I think it was Darren Lockyer that got it in the year 2000. I'm pretty sure it was. Um, so you had your back to back Clive Churchill medalist there. Lockyer, as I've always said, uh, I think he should be an immortal of our game. I think he could have been the best fullback we've ever seen. And there's an argument that he's one of the best 5'8s we've ever seen as well. So to be the very best in the game uh, at two different positions. Pretty incredible stuff, always a clutch clutch player as well Darren Locker they don't come much more clutch than him so an immortal every day of the week for me our next man one of the entertainers of one rugby league one of the great entertainers Adam Mad Dog McDougal obviously from the Newcastle region I believe played for the Knights played for South Sydney uh, probably best known for his rivalry with another guy that was in this squad as well which we'll talk to in a minute I can see his name it's only two away but Mad Dog McDougal what a player he was an incredible guy there's an old story Story that goes that he used to sit in the change rooms before games and he would talk to his thighs and sort of say, don't let me down today. He was a very, very different sort of character. He, of course, has gone on after rugby league. Uh, His manshake business has gone absolute flying. So very successful on the field, very successful off it. Uh, The McDougal family, a very, very famous rugby league family there. Speaking of famous rugby league families, Matt Rogers, of course, the son of Steve Rogers. Went on a couple of years after this to move to rugby union with a couple of other, or one other guy uh, that was in this squad as well. But Matt the Rat, he was playing for Cronulla at this point. Went over to the ARU to feature in the 2003 Rugby Union World Cup. And then, of course, he came back with the Gold Coast Titans to finish his career there. An unbelievable career for Matt Rogers, the son of an absolute champion. Uh, Another guy that I probably think should be an immortal as well, his father, Steve Rogers. One of the best our game has ever seen. We did tragically lose him a couple of years ago go, Matt Rogers has been on a mission after that um, to, to really get people talking, especially males, so he's done fantastically well. Matt Rogers on the field and offered as well a champion bloke. We mentioned Adam McDougal, uh, that he had a big rivalry with someone else that was on this tour. It was, of course, Wendell Saylor from the Brisbane Broncos. Now, the Broncos, they had just won the grand final, as we said. Darren Lockyer was the Clive Churchill medalist. Wendell Saylor was on one sting. Uh, one of the best wingers we have ever seen. He also joined Matt Rogers a couple of years later, popping over to the Wallabies camp to feature in the 2003 uh, Rugby Union World Cup. I think he might have played the World Cup after that as well, 07 maybe. He came back to the Dragons pretty soon after. He might have already been back there by then. I'm not exactly sure, to be completely honest with you. But uh, Wendell Saylor. What a champion. What a champion fellow. Obviously got himself in a little bit of curry here and there, uh, but a great player, a great bloke, a great personality, and done a lot of fantastic things in sport across league and union. Our next man, Jason Stevens, Cronulla Sharks front rower. Jason Stevens uh, really, would have been a really popular guy on this camp. You talked to all players. They absolutely love Jason Stevens. They can't talk highly enough of him. I still remember watching him, obviously, on the footy show. He used to appear in a lot of cameo uh, sort of stuff there and was always hilarious. Great player, Jason. Jason Stevens, very good front rower, played for New South Wales, played for the Kangaroos. Believe never won a premiership. I think he featured in the 1997 uh, Cronulla Sharks Super League grand final. Obviously, um, didn't win that game. But Jason Stevens, a very, very good player for a very long time. Speaking of good players, for a long time, our next guy is a former Kangaroos captain. He would be the captain just a couple of years later after Brad Fittler. Gordon Tallis, absolute maniac, obviously, another one that features on the Matty Johnson. So you've got Brian Fletcher, Gordon Tallis, and Nathan Hindmarsh. They were all in this World Cup squad. Incredible stuff. it be crazy to think out of the current group that they've got now, if any of those three uh, would feature on the biggest show in rugby league in 10 or 15 years' time. Crazy. Oh, even more. It's it's 23 years ago now. Unbelievable. Uh, but Gordon Tallis, champion player, captain of the Queensland Maroons. He just represented everything that I hated about Queensland, to be perfectly honest with you. Tough as nails, resilient. Uh, and when their backs was against the wall, they would stand under deliver. Probably best known, Gordon Tallis for his tackle on Brett Hodgson in the 2002 State of Origin Series. I think it was where he lassoed him as the great Ray Rabs Warren said out of the arena. Incredible stuff there. I think he won the 1998 uh, Clive Churchill medal in the grand final as well. Do your own research on exactly what year it was, uh, but a champion player, Gordon Tales, and he would captain this side very soon after. Another name here, Michael Vella. We're down to the last two. Michael Vela, uh, he's probably the guy out of all these all, all these fellas that a lot of you might not remember. Play Played for the Parramatta Eels, bold front rower, got through a stack of work, really good bloke as well. Played 280 games with the Parramatta Eels and over in the Super League with Hull, uh, 159 games to the Parramatta Eels. Very, very good player, featured in the 2001 side that lost that grand final, played all the way to 2006 in 2000, when he made this squad, he'd only played about 50 odd first grade games. So a really good knock for Michael Vella uh, to make it into this side at that age. And of course, the last one on our list, are at the bottom of the alphabet, Shane Webke, one of the best front rowers of all time. Over the next few years, he would form an incredible partnership with Petro Severa there at the Brisbane Broncos. I think it was the 2000 grand. Finally, played with a broken arm. Yeah, he was he was ruled out for a couple of weeks, uh, and he managed to. Play in the grand final with a broken arm. So it just shows how tough Shane Webke was. He will forever be one of the greatest front rowers ever, especially during his era. Front rowers have obviously changed quite a bit. They've become much more athletic and whatnot. But for the era he was playing in, he set the absolute standard for front rowers. You could tell why Wayne Bennett loved him so much and why he built his Brisbane Broncos teams around him. Of course, six years later, he would play his last ever game of first grade in the 2006 grand final where he would go out as a Premiership winner, incredible star Shane Webke, a champion bloke. And the head coach of this kangaroos team was of course. Hey everyone. I've been on the go recently, Phoenix, Kansas city, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home, but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. Oops, Chris Anderson. Chrissy Anderson. uh, Unbelievable bloke. Uh, 70 years of age now. He is getting on. Obviously uh, his coaching career was incredible. Coach Canterbury, 1990 to 1997. A pretty successful stint there with the Dogs obviously winning in 95, I think it was. Unbelievable story there. Their team was going like an absolute busted asshole halfway through the season. I think they got beat like 40 nil or something by the Newcastle Knights one Friday night. The next Saturday, they showed up for trading and he loaded them on a bus or something along these lines. Took them down to the water and put them on a boat full of piss and pushed them out into the water and said, come back in a couple of hours when it's empty and you've sorted your shit out. They came back and I think they won something of like 10 of their next 11 games and went on to win the premiership. The first team to do it from outside the top four. And I think they're the last team to win it from outside the top four as well. So Chris Anderson, he's done it all in rugby league. He of course was the head coach of the Melbourne Storm when they started their new franchise. In only their second year, Chris Anderson coached them and they managed to win that. So incredible stuff. He then he then coached the Cronulla Sharks, two thousand two and two thousand three. Him and Brett Kamali headed up to the Sharkies. Pretty successful stints there. Very good Sharks team. Two thousand two. Can't remember where they finished in 03, but 2002 they definitely lost to the New Zealand Warriors in the grand final qualifier there where the Warriors went on to lose to the Roosters the week after. That was the game where I think someone that owned the Warriors or something brought just about every single seat and gave it to Warriors fans. It was crazy out there that afternoon. And then, of course, 2007 he came back and coached the Sydney Roosters. I believe he had to quit halfway through, though, because of health issues. And I think that's when Brad Fittler actually took over as the head coach. So an incredible career as a coach for Chris Anderson. Unbelievable. Unbelievable stuff. Uh, Coached the Kangaroos in 25 games, won 22 of them from 1999 to 2003. A tough period to coach the Kangaroos. You obviously had, you know, after this World Cup, I think this is what people forget, they had this World Cup. Then the year after, they essentially couldn't tour or go to other countries to play New Zealand or to play England, and no one was traveling around because of all the um, Uh, 9-11, sort of all the pushback off off the back of that, that they were all scared to travel and everything. So uh, pretty wild time to be the Kangaroos coach there, but obviously had a lot of success, Chris Anderson, throughout his career. An unbelievable squad there, the Kangaroos, for the year 2000. Obviously won that. Um, They they won that World Cup. I believe they ended up beating New Zealand in the grand final, and they were very, very dominant uh, throughout that whole series, as I'm sure uh, that will not shock anyone in any way, shape or form.